Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where we break down one film pretty regularly from the IMDb Top 250 list, and we do a wide variety of other things, including questions of the week, pod v pods, what else we've been watching, and many, many other things. As usual, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Hendo. How you going today, mate? Good, mate. Who are you, by the way? Did I not say who I am? Nah, you never did. You're just some random bloke who's trolled into the Movie Journey podcast and starting up a convo. I'm Dean. It's good to be here. Uh, Always happy to be uh, talking with you, Hendo. Well, it's even better today, mate, because we're on to Pod V Pod 42. Ooh. Yeah, we've got some great guests coming up today. Newcomers, JD and Brendan from the In Session Film Podcast. They are finally on to give us a good battle. Nice. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, well, let's not muck about. Let's get into it. Dean, it's time for Pod V Pod 42, where we have some of your favorite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, it is, uh, it's a big one for, for me, especially. JD and Brendan from the In Session Film Podcast. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us, guys. Glad to be here. Yes. Uh, In Session, you guys are one of my favorite podcasts out there. I listen to you every week. So oh, thank it's, you. A, it's, it's a blast to have you on. Yeah. And yeah. likewise, you guys are great as well. I love your work. Absolutely. Yeah. I echo that 100%. You know, we've been trying to work this out for forever. Uh, yes. But our schedules are are, are pretty crazy. Are not these the same. Days, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not it's, the same. It's so hard so. to do international guests. Yeah. yeah. Funny thing about time zones. <laughs> that too. Yeah. <laughs> so glad we could make this work finally. Yeah. Excellent. All right. For anyone who hasn't heard of In Session Film, why don't you tell them what your podcast is about? Um. Well, Brendan and I fool around for about two hours oh, every Sunday night. So, oh, Jay, we're that. supposed to give our show PG thirteen. What are you doing, man? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. So, uh, on our show, we have we have two shows. Brendan and I host um, the main show that we do. It releases every Monday. We usually have a review of some sort. Typically, it's a new release. 2020, however, is changing the rules on that a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but we have mm-hmm. some sort of featured review. We couple that with top three list, or we've been uh, doing a bunch of movie series lately on the show. We also have a Friday show that our friends Ryan and Jay do that have appeared on your guys' show once, and I think they're coming up again soon. But yep. um, So they host uh, a Friday show. They also do a bunch of movie series as well, and uh, uh, coupling with uh, new reviews, typically smaller releases, indie films that um, aren't reviewed on the main show. So that's, yep. that's more or less what we do podcasting-wise. Um, you can find all of that at InCessionFilm.com. We, of course, have a bunch of written content there as well, which is great. Lots of cool. new writers that, that we brought so, on, too, Yeah, which is really yeah. exciting. So, uh, certainly helps mm-hmm. us get away from the fact that our extra film show, Jay and Ryan specifically, they like to copy a podcast called the Movie Journey Podcast <laughs> when it comes to David <laughs> yeah. Fincher movie series and things like that. I know, right? Uh, but if you're looking for a more sophisticated version of our podcast, then you head over to In Session <laughs> Film. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen, if we are ready, let's get into it. Let's start off with our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. We always let the guests go first. So who wants to answer the first question? Hmm. Brandon, you go first. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll try and give this in one. All right, Dean, why don't you kick this off? All right. In the category of holiday films, what Oscar-nominated actor plays the eccentric drug dealer, Mr. Green, in 2015's holiday, holiday comedy, The Night Before? A film I have not seen. 
Um, so I'm going to take a wild guess and say Seth Rogen. No, it's actually Michael Shannon. Ah, of course. JD's boy. <laughs> yeah, love me some Michael Shannon. Yeah, lucky you didn't get that one. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll, I'll take the first question here. All right, JD, you want to read the first one? Sure, I can read the first question. So this is uh, in the category of best pictures at the Oscars. The question is... Okay. What is the only X-rated film to win Best Picture? Midnight Cowboy. The- oh, good stuff. Okay, then. All right. My kind of question. <laughs> Anything X-rated. X-rated, X- yeah. The X-rated <laughs> films. Yeah, not Got the Best it. Picture part. <laughs> I guess, Brendan, we'll have to make sure we steer away from the other four that are in that same category. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> All right, JD, let's see how you go. In the category of animated, Mm. Christopher Lloyd voiced the role of the evil Rasputin in what 1997 animated film? Oh, boy. Um, uh, Anastasia. I have no idea. Really that is know. correct. Very good. Oh, Sounds like you have some idea. <laughs> that was a wild guess. Wild Thank guess. you. JD, I love what, you. I don't know if I told you what that. What late 90s film can I just throw out there randomly? <laughs> that's oh, that's that impressive. <laughs> All right, Dean. Let's see if we can keep the... Uh, well, if you get this right. We keep the lead going. Nice. What do we got? All right. So I guess I'll read the next question. Um, in the category of box office... What was the seventh highest grossing movie of 1995? That is a ridiculous question. (laughs) Wait till you hear the answer, though. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say, is it seven? That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Uh That's Jamie giving a big hint there. Just a bit. I I said I love you earlier. I take that back. All right. Just wait till you hear the answer. Wink, wink. (laughs) I myself. I was so excited. JD's fired. <laughs> I am terrible at these games. All right, Brendan, your your tourney. All right. All right. Uh, in the category of taglines, what action comedy has the tagline, when he said I do, he never said what he did? Hmm. I am going to take a shot in the dark here. I think I know what it is. True lies. That is correct. Really? Nice. Yep. Very good. Man. All right. This I think uh, we've got yeah four right between us, and I think that's more than what we've got right in the last like three pod v pod combined. <laughs> this yeah, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to think of some hard questions, Judy. All right, let's see how I go. Um, let's see. Is it my turn to throw out a question? It uh, is. This, well, this one could be easy. I, I guess it just depends. It's a film from the fifties, though, so we'll we'll see mm. how. You guys are able to get this one. Who played juror number eight in the film, 12 Angry Men? Ah, a film we've done very recently, and that'd be uh, Mr. Henry Fonda. That is correct. Wow. Nice. Y'all are nice. killing it. Doing all right. <laughs> They're doing good. Good work. All right. Let's see. JD, see if you can keep it uh, three all here. In the category of box office. Oh, boy. What is the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time? R-rated movie of all time. Oh, Oh, man. Oh, boy. I feel like like JD and I were just talking about this off the cuff, too. I don't know if this is R-rated movie of all time. Anastasia. (laughs) Is it? Well, there's there's a film that I want to go with, but I'm I'm wondering if Joker ended up beating it or not. Because 
I think Joker was rated R, right? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm going to go with Joker. Very good. Okay. Mm. All right. There's an avalanche of points going on now. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I that's not the movie I thought of initially. I was thinking, because I, I know The Passion of the Christ was the highest grossing R-rated movie at the time that of its was, release. But it's- that was the film I was going to go with. And then, I, you know, obviously, I couldn't I couldn't remember if Joker was rated R or not. And then I just mm. I'm pretty sure Deadpool it. took over Passion of the Christ as well. Oh, did it? I think okay. you're right, actually. Yeah. 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 Good call. All right, Dean, go for it. Let's see. Okay, so in the category of science fiction, in 2008, author Ray Bradbury, writer of Fahrenheit 451, declared this movie his favorite science fiction film. Uh, it could be anything. <laughs> that, is, that is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Do I need to give another hint? <laughs> uh, I mean... So you're saying in the year 2008, this guy yeah. I've never heard of said this yeah, movie was his favorite sci-fi movie. That, that's I okay. That's it, fair. We, we no, no, no. Either... It's fine. I'm just clarifying the question. Yeah. Because I want to would... eliminate all the other uh, famous people's <laughs> favorite sci-fi films that I D- know of. Dean likes to re-clarify things while suddenly mocking everyone. <laughs> let, me, let me add a few tidbits of, I, I don't want to say hints, but maybe some descriptors on the well, movie itself. Yeah. I think it would be fair to give... A hint or some detail. Came out in the 70s, yeah. and it involves aliens. Okay, <laughs> Alien invasion, specifically. Uh, okay. Is it alien invasion? See, I was about to throw out Close Encounters, but I'm not sure that they actually are invading, because I've never seen it. Uh, uh, what about, what else is it? Was the original War of the Worlds in the 70s? Uh, nah, bugger. I'll go Close Encounters. Oh, he's got it that right. Yes! It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you're you're not wrong in speculating that it isn't really an alien, quote-unquote, invasion movie. It's more yeah. about so alien you're trying to throw me off, I see. No, I, nice. I wasn't trying to throw you off. But Very there respectable. Is, there is... <laughs> That's what today's going to be like, is it? There is, an, <laughs> there is a visitation of beings from another world coming to Earth. Uh, visiting is not the same as invading. <laughs> See, Dean, if you were an actual film buff, you would have seen Close Encounters by now. Yeah, yeah. This is true as well. It is my favorite yeah. movie. Oh, nice. So you have to see it now. All right, guys, we are at four to your three with the last question here. So if you get this wrong, we just win it. And luckily, it is a collaboration between you two, so you oh, can good. talk this one out. Okay. And it is in the category of Oscars. Okay. For what movie did Jack Nicholson receive his first Oscar nomination for Best Actor? Mm. Hmm. Uh, okay, specifically best actor, so best actor in a leading role. Yes. I think I know what this one is. Uh, so in that case, JD, we know it's not Easy Rider because he was not a lead in that movie. Yes. So uh, my my hunch is actually the movie that came right after that. See, that was early 70s? So, right? okay. Easy Rider was yeah, early it was 70s? early 70s. I think it came out in 19, maybe 1969 it at would, the earliest. It would, it would have to be Chinatown or Cuckoo's mm, Nest. N- uh, uh, so Chinatown was 1973, I believe, and One Flew with the Cuckoo's Nest was 75. I'm going to go with my gut, JD. Don't hate me on this if I get it wrong. Chinatown? I'm going to go with five easy pieces. Okay. All right. We'll go with it. Is that your final answer? Yes. Well done. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> that would have been my guess. So good work. <laughs> I did not see that left turn happening. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> wow. 
Good All stuff. right, keeps you in the game. It's part of my Criterion collection, so that's how I thought of it. Oh, nice. okay. All right, Dean, we've got we've got some discussion here. We've got to okay. try and get this right to win. Okay. Okay. Is it my turn to throw out a question? Yours, Brendan? Uh, it is yours, JD. It's back. Oh, yeah, because you threw out the... Uh, the, the, the alien, quote-unquote, invasion <laughs> question. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's go to... Let's go from one of Brendan's favorite films of all time to one of mine. Let's talk about Vertigo. Near the Ooh, end... Okay. Of Vertigo, when Judy transforms, I'll say vaguely, I guess I shouldn't give spoilers away, even though the question written here does somewhat have a spoiler in it. Well, let's just, the character of Judy, she transforms at the end of the film, and she's bathed in what color light? Okay. and uh, Now, Dean, let's we have talk. done this film <laughs> many, many years ago, and one of the big things we discussed on color, that uh, yes. very unfunny episode was the use of color. Now, and is it, I'm, pretty, is it I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that it is green. Green, yeah. That is correct. Oh. Good work. <laughs> well done, gentlemen. Okay. Look at that. How Not fun. Bad. Not bad. <laughs> that, was, that was some great that bowling was there. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. All right. So you guys got four out of five, but usually that's <laughs> enough to win any. <laughs> Not this time. Yeah. All right, we take the first round here, but let's see how you go in the second round, which is... It was horrible! It was the worst thing I've ever seen! And in this game, we have five movies that the other team have to guess what that movie is based off a one-star review of IMDb or Letterboxd, for that matter. We've got, we've yeah. got a bit of a variety here. Hmm. Okay, we asked you guys the question in the first round, so you guys hmm. can ask us the question in this round. And, Dean, you can go first. All right. All right, let's go with this one and this is an imdb review it's a one-star review and the review says and i tried to pick some shorter ones that were a bit humorous uh because i just think that that makes it a little bit more fun uh this review states incredible seems like all the mentally challenged adolescents waited for this one a stupid marketing trick for stupid people the real story of this movie is that of a virgin dork sick of playing with himself who takes up programming Uh, is it The Social Network? That is correct. <laughs> nice. Wow. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all are killing it. Good God. <laughs> I think we need to rethink some of these uh, questions, I Katie. I know. Man, live. <laughs> we, are, we are terrible at this, Brendan. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't help our cause, though, that we gave two very clear hints in the first round. We probably should yeah, stop doing that. I blame that. you for that one. You started it. I don't recall any hints at I all. I I know. I know. Wait to hear the answer for this one. It was, I thought it was great. I know, I shouldn't have done it. Well, I didn't think that it would necessarily give it away, but I guess it did. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. I'm emotional. We love movies. Gentlemen, who wants to go first out of you guys? Uh, JD, why not you? Yeah, I, I guess I'll go. All right, JD, here we go. Wow, isn't this movie overrated? I'll start by saying I figured out the big twist in the first five minutes. That's despite every review saying you go in blind. You don't need to know anything about the film. Well, how about telling me it's shit? Push a self-indulgent pretentiousness to the max. Characters are laughably cardboard. Story is non-existent, as are any jokes, thrills, or excitement. Basically, an amateur filmmaker's wet dream that he then decided to film instead of putting through the laundry. That is a half-star review on Letterboxd. What's so weird about that is its familiarity. I feel like I've read that review. <laughs> There's always someone well, that I'm every movie <laughs> has one of those reviews though, especially yeah. ones with quote unquote twist endings, I guess. 
But man, I don't I don't know if I can connect it to what film it is. Can I can I use a lifeline? Am I allowed to ask <laughs> Brendan? <laughs> that's that's for the fifth one. Okay. Um Man, I don't I don't even know. Um <sighs> I have a I have a guess, but it's not my guess. Um twist five minutes into the movie. Um I can give you one small hint. Okay. It's from 2017. From 2017. Okay, I guess my guess was wrong. Um, let's see. There, what What would have a twist? It was a big twisty movie from that movie, or from that year. I don't know. I'm just, I'll, I'll just throw out a guess, and uh, I'll go Dunkirk. No, you couldn't be further from the, tr- from the right answer <laughs> there. Okay. It is actually the foreign film One Cut of the Dead. Oh, I would have never even come close to that. <laughs> we did pick this one because this was specifically from <laughs> Dean's brother Shane with his classic half-star reviews. Gotcha. Uh, okay. I see what you did there. All right. I thought it was funny. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. was a funny review, though. Yeah, well written, that's for sure. All right, so our turn. My, I guess it's yes. time for my for my first one here. Yep, and I'll have a go at this one. Okay, so I this one starts off with um, the true false prophet is none other than the director. I'm going to leave that vague here. And this cruel joke of a movie. What quote unquote message are we supposed to take from this film? Barons and false evangelists are not nice people. Who would have ever have guessed? Well, neither are pretentious Hollywood actors and directors who think that spoon-feeding us fictitious morality and screaming at the camera are somehow worthy of praise. Oh, but this quote-unquote poignant and quote-unquote timely film is somehow worthy of an Oscar. Just another example of Hollywood designing to tell us how to think. And I'm going to leave the last... The last line I'll, is too spoilery, so I'll kind of leave it there. Ooh. I was thinking of one film until you started talking about um, Oscar wins. And when you say Oscar wins, I, I go and think of best pitches. Uh, hmm. Uh, I'm just going to say Green Book. No. I am talking no. about... And it's so funny, too, because the the, ta- the title of this review is Pretentious, Overacted, and Downright, downright Boring, which I, could, I personally could not disagree more with, that this review is for There Will Be Blood. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty shocked myself. <laughs> That's uh, that is an awful review. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> All right. Okay, Brendan. Let's see if you can get a point on the board. All Go right. All right. This was a truly awful, lifeless excuse for a gangster movie. I have no idea why the thing is so critically acclaimed and rubs shoulders with masterpieces such as Goodfellas and The Godfather. The characters come across as two-dimensional, predictable halfwits who bear no semblance to any human being in a serious or emotional situation. The arrogant optimism and the achievements of the protagonists gave the plot the endearing vibe of a children's summer vacation film, and this jarred with the unmoving and completely arbitrary occasional depictions of graphic violence. You really threw me for a loop there when it came to the the, the, the child comment. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the heck? Ah. Oh. For a second, you said gangster movie. I thought, okay, well, they might be talking about The Godfather, and then you mentioned Godfather as a comparison. <laughs> like, nope, can't be that <laughs> obvious. Yeah. Um, hmm, unrealistic care. Okay. I will take a wild guess at this because that's all I have to go off at this point. Gangster Squad. No, it was actually The Untouchables. Ah. Uh, Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this game is uh, infinitely harder than the general trivia questions. <laughs> yeah. But it's yes. a lot more fun, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so is it my turn to read a review? Yes, and it is Dean's turn to guess it. All right, here we go. This movie consists of the following. Our heroes immaculately quaffed and dressed, looking soulful. By the end, I was longing for either some depth or some crudity to invade this ever-so-stylish work. Recommended if you only think fashion catalogs are works of literature. Go on. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what have you given me here? You've given me they dress well, basically, and there's no no soul to them. Hmm. What movie has... It sounds like... You you mentioned... Did you mention males? I did not mention any sex. Well, maybe that's why you haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so really well-dressed... I mentioned the word cool. heroes, which basically I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now means uh, it doesn't. It's not gender specific. It's between a male and a female. I'll tell you that. Okay. Hmm. 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 Gee, I, I, I've I've got no idea on this one. Uh, yeah, this game is so much harder. <laughs> so uh, much harder. <laughs> Hearing the reviews though is incredible. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of anything, and now that you've said male and female, I'm just like trying to narrow it down to a duo. Um, but are they like literal heroes? Like, am I thinking superheroes, or are they just protagonists? No, they of the are film? heroes, as in our main characters. All right, I'll go. I'll go La La Land. That is a pretty good guess, but no. Um, since you already guessed, I could have easily given you another hint by saying you guys just reviewed it on your podcast. Dane can't remember that the last scene. That would not help me in the slightest. And the short-term memories reveal themselves. Uh, the answer yeah. is in the mood for love. Oh, oh. Dane, come on. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Let's see. We got JD, you're yeah. up for this one? All right, I'll here be, we go. We'll see. <laughs> I tried. I really tried to watch this film. I just couldn't. It's such a blatant cash grab, and I can't believe how some people like this film. Are they paid? As someone who absolutely loves Star Wars, this film is an insult to the fandom and tries to do the South Park member berries on us. I mean, at least have some respect to at least try to reach the production quality of the other films. The acting is just as terrible as the other aspects of the film. Please do yourself a favour and imagine this film does not exist and make up your own story in your mind. Okay, I assume that narrows it down to Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Yes Now Uh, JD It's not my answer But I'll just say I don't know the answer But be careful Well there's There's a couple To certainly choose from here At least given Recent events right There's There's Mm -hmm. the polarized You know Middle film Of the new trilogy Uh, A lot of people Didn't even like the, The latter film In that trilogy But I mean, even the two um, the two spinoff films. I mean, had its detractors as well. I, honestly, mm-hmm. I could see it being either of of them. Uh, I, in some ways, I kind of wonder if I'm overthinking this or if it's just as obvious as as I think it might be. Um, 
I'm gonna. I'm probably overthinking this. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go different than what my gut is telling me, and I'm just. I'm gonna say solo. Oh, it's Rogue One. Oh, damn. Mm. So close. Okay. Close. I was there. I was sensing a bit of a trick with that form of a question there. At first, I thought, okay, this might be leaning towards the rise of Skywalker, and then I thought, wait a minute. I mean, could they be yeah. talking about the recycling nature of A New Hope into The Force Awakens? Maybe it's The Force Awakens. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I think the clue was in the last line saying, make up your own story in your mind, because this really was that, it fills in that gap uh, of how they got the plans before A New Hope. It is that story yeah, once again. That's, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Well, JD, you were on the okay. right track. Yeah. Close. All right, let's see how I go here. That's me reading the, the next one here. Okay, this yep, this it. review says, and honestly, I'm very excited to read this review. It says, <laughs> "Is it yours? Did you write it? No, yeah, I did, but I kind of wish I did." <laughs> it says it has two decent scenes. The rest is garbage. The movie was cut in pieces that do not make any sense. It is boring and eminently stupid characters explain to the audience the basic plot five minutes after exposition time. It is an, it is an indictment of what film executives... <laughs> it's, it's an indictment of what film executives think of people. It is terrible. The movie needs to bomb. It needs to crash. It must be to the point where the madness of the vapid blockbuster ends. Watch any episode of Game of Thrones instead. Again, I repeat this point. It is not even fun in a dumb way. It treats you as a very slow and dumb person. You can feel the people responsible for this laughing at you. Make it stop. Do not see it. Oh, okay. And I can uh, confirm JD actually he, did write that review. <laughs> I wish I did. God. And then you mentioned like Game of Thrones as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's going to be like a movie like Epic Battles or something like that. Talking about exposition dump and then mm-hmm. characters talking about it. The first thing that comes to mind with that is uh, the first Lord of the Rings. Mm. Uh, well, what else would there be? Characters talking. I like this slide. You could feel the people responsible for this laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> they are laughing at me now, that's for sure. Oh my god. <laughs> Big listeners. Especially if they're listening to this podcast right here. Oh. I'd be thinking, hey, I made that movie. It's not that they can tell that that's their movie. And when you, when you find out the name of it, it's going to make so much more sense and will probably be even funnier. An indictment of what film executives think about people. Oh, knowing what this film is, that rings so loud to me. Jeez. I've, I've got no idea. Uh, I know, yeah. I know that once you say the answer, it's just going to all, you know, flood into my head. And I know, I know, I'm wrong here. I'm just going to say Fellowship of the Ring. Independence Day Resurgence. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that off that you gave just had such disdain to it. Wow. Yeah. Now think about that film in the context of it is an indictment of what film executives think about people that they made Jeez. that movie. That is a that is a hot garbage movie. I'm pretty sure that's my worst film of 2016. I'm pretty sure it came out. Yeah, it's it's one of the worst films of that whole decade. Maybe yeah. the worst. At least it's the, bad. The ones that I saw. All right. Uh, who's up, Brendan? I'm a little, Brendan, you're up now. I believe so. My turn to guess. Yes. All, All right. right. Dean, go for it. 
boring. No, really. This movie is terrible. Pitt cannot act. The characters are all unlikable. I prayed for this movie to end. Oh dear God, please let this awful movie come to a merciful end. I can't believe it is, a, it is as highly rated as seems. Make no mistake, I often disagree with the critics, but I'm on board with their call on this one. Spoilers contained within the movie itself, it's called the screenplay. Lastly, the film wasn't even shot well. The lighting was flat, the sets were sterile, the Lord of the Rings CGI battlefield effects were the only good thing I can say about this film. Dang. <laughs> that is searing. Dang, that is Hush. something wow. else. And just to clarify, you said Pitt, as in Brad Pitt. Uh, it could be... Uh, who's the other John one? Pitt. Michael Pitt. Oh, oh, oh. I see where you're going with that. Okay. They, they would it's have bring up... It's not, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I like Michael Pitt, though, so now I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the world of the Brad. <sighs> CGI battle scenes that cannot level Lord of the Rings. Man, this is there are a few options here. Okay. My guess is... Oh, man. Um... All right, shot in the dark here, Troy. Troy is correct. Well oh, done. Nice. nice. Good work. Oh, levels the playing field. <laughs> Good call, Brendan. Wow, well done. All right, heading into the last one here. We're at one apiece, and it is it is the collaboration round. Dean, let's see what we can do with this one. All right, let's do it. Okay, the review goes as such. What are you people thinking? This movie is cruel and dull. I kept wanting it to end and cared for none of the characters, from the viciously cruel captain to the incredibly stupid princess. If you want to see a good movie from this year, go see Babel or The Queen, something that actually makes sense. Oh, okay. Lots to, lots to digest there. There is, there, there is information there. Yeah. Okay, what okay, year was so The Queen? Babel and The Queen... Is it 2004? Five? No, 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 no. It's, um... I think it's, it's either six or seven. Oh, yeah, uh, I was way off with four or five then. You're right. You are. <laughs> think about it. Is it five? No, you no, no, start no, rattling no. off 2004. Uh, you guys <laughs> tell me what year it is. <laughs> uh, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's seven because I know Helen Mirren won. Okay, and I think so, it might have been that year. Okay, so we've got a captain and we've got a princess. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. A, a captain. Is that like a captain of a ship or a captain of a military? It's a captain. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> uh, could it be Pan's Labyrinth, Hendo? What year was okay. that? Uh, Pan's Labyrinth was uh, 2007, was it? Well, it's in the ballpark because there's a there's a and a, a oh, possible man, princess. There's a captain, you know. Okay. Does that was it 2009? Uh, ooh, I think it might have been 2009, actually. Because mm. I think I'm... Uh, I can't remember... I think Babel came out in 2006, maybe. Captain and Princess. I mean, that's if that's what you can think of that would have those two characters, you can't think of anything else. I can't, I can't connect a princess and a captain. Except together. in Pan's Labyrinth, yeah. Well, if this is the only one we're going for... I mean, uh, they say in the review as well, like, what are you people on about? So I think it's something that is very highly regarded. It's not like a shit film. It's not like, you know, a Troy. <laughs> <laughs> God, you got anything better, Hendo? No, I can't get this whole Captain and Princess thing together. And you know Pan's Labyrinth more than me, so you have a better idea of that. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a Disney film, is it? 
Uh, okay, let's think. What what animation? What was there? Uh, Jesus. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, who who are the Disney princesses that had a film around that era? Like, see, I don't even know. Like, uh, <laughs> none. I keep thinking of um, Pixar films around that that time. And okay, well, none of those. What, none. There, none of them. None of this them. Is have a ca- this is around cars. This is the Cars era. What about and Braves? Um, like Braves 2012. What about like Tangled? When was that? And this, I don't think it's. I don't think that's like 2012 as well. Around that okay. time, 2010 maybe. All right. Look, let's just go Ben's Labyrinth. Okay, lock it in. Is that your final answer? It is. Yeah. I was really hoping you were going to go with the Disney comment because it is Pan's Labyrinth. Nice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Impressive work, gentlemen. Good stuff. Well done. Good stuff. Yeah. Well done, Hendo. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> what well, you guys thinking and gave some good conversation with it too. Yeah. Uh, good for a change. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, gentlemen, you need this for a tie here. Mm. Here we go. Collaboration. I found the pretext of this movie deplorable. The character portrayed by Julia Roberts is revolting. To glorify such underhandedness is inexcusable for any reason. The entire concept of the plot leaves me nauseous. The fact that Julia Roberts cannot act doesn't help. Hmm. There's a lot to go on there because Julia Roberts, uh, from what I remember, has been in a lot of movies. Um, Yes. (laughs) All right, Katie, I've got two in the back of my mind here that sort of, I think, go along with I guess, like, maybe this reviewer's preconceived notions of what this uh-huh. film is portraying. And I think it's probably either Aaron Brockovich or maybe even Pretty Woman. Okay. I was also thinking of Closer as well is one that came to mind. Ah, uh, Closer, yeah. I feel like that's such an ensemble piece that Julia Roberts wouldn't be the one that gets uh-huh. so heavily singled out. Plus, she wasn't, if I remember correctly, she wasn't nominated for an Oscar for that one, unlike Clive Owen and Natalie Portman, which I think from a performance no. standpoint, they drove no, that I'm, movie a bit I'm more. just thinking about how someone could react to it regarding, you know, what is it, the pretext of the film, how deplorable mm-hmm. the characters are kind of a thing. You well, know, I was thinking Pretty Woman because... I was thinking Pretty Woman because that's basically this sort of dated message yeah. about dolling up a woman to be more presentable yeah. from an exterior standpoint, yeah. which, you know, which nowadays is certainly yeah. something that could be seen as a bit of a yeah. negative from some people. I agree, yeah. So, Especially I, if the re- if the review is recent, like by today's yeah. standards. Yeah, mm, that's yeah. true. So we can go with that. And I also thought about Aaron Brockovich simply because of maybe some of the political nature surrounding that 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 true story and the fact that she did garner yeah, some acclaim fair. for it. Um, okay. You want to go with Pretty Woman? Because I have a hunch with that one. That's just yeah, what I'm going off because of. Because that was the other one that came to mind for me. It was that, that or Closer was the first two that come to mind, but... I, I think you're. Okay. I think it makes more sense that it's pretty, pretty woman, it's, and that's right. a more popular film, obviously. Yeah. All right. Let's go with Pretty Woman. Ah, uh, my best friend's wedding. Oh <sighs> man, it was in the right ballpark though. Yeah. Dang. But that counts for nothing nice. apparently. Nice. <laughs> uh, that, that's good. That's that's good for us. Bad luck, guys. On a two to one victory there. Uh, nice work, gentlemen. Nice work. We'll do round yeah. two, and the tables will turn. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> All right, but we still have our last round to go here, which is everyone's favorite. It is our movie draft. And we always let our guests decide what the draft will be. So what have you guys gone with? Well, uh, as listeners of our show will know, we recently did a 2004 retrospective. And while it's, what, Brennan, the seventh or eighth retrospective we've done over Mm -hmm. the course of the last few years this one was unique (laughs) 
in the sense that Brendan and I, while we typically have some crossover as any co-host, you know, that, that possibility is always there. And Brendan and I do crossover from time to time. But 2004 was interesting because what was it? Eight. I believe it was eight of our 10 films in our top 10 were the same films. And the top four uh, were exactly the same, just in a different <laughs> yeah. order. Yeah, slightly different order, same top four, uh, but even the top 10, you know, we were, it was crazy. It was eerie how similar we were. So going into a draft like this, having such a a like-mindedness with each other, we felt like, you know what, I think we can bring some potency to the draft of, of doing the films of 2004. So that's what we have chosen. Nice. Okay. So uh, we always let the guests decide as well if they'd like to go first or second in the draft. So what have you guys gone with? You want to go first? Do I want to go first or? Yeah. Yeah. Should we go first or do you want to go second? Let's go second because we picked the topic. Ooh. So why don't we toss it over to them to go first? Okay. Okay. And who would you like out of us two to pick the first? Oh, I don't care. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. I don't think we've had that answer before. (laughs) Fight to the death. The one that survives wins. Dean, why don't you let me go first this time? You always get picked first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. So in doing my research for this uh, draft, I did go back and listen to your episode. So I Mm. I do have an idea of what you guys will be choosing. Okay. And I I feel like I need to take a clear number one because I feel like you guys will be taking this in the next two. If I don't, I'm going to take Spider-Man 2. Okay. All right. Great film. All right. So we whisk it back to you guys. So it it doesn't really matter out of you two who goes first to choose. So go for it. Go for it, Brendan. All right. I will go for it. And... Yeah, and as JD jokingly said there, this is one of those times that JD and I really crossed over more than we even care to admit. We like to at least have some variety here, but it just goes to show that 2004 was a pretty strong year, especially for bigger films and franchise films. You guys just pick one there with Spider-Man 2. Why don't we keep to the realm of superhero movies? I'm going to go with The Incredibles. Nice. Yep, that's a good choice. Mm-hmm. One of Pixar's best, if you ask me. And your pick, JD? I will go... So. I will move from the realm of superheroes. I'm going to go with what uh, many people consider to be the best film of the year. Um, I'm going to go with Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nice. Interesting. Nice. Good pick. All right. So over to us for two picks. Dean, your turn. All right. Uh, we need to take Anchorman off the board, I think. Yeah, okay. I think that's a wise mm-hmm. choice. Okay. And for me... Mm, I have one here that maybe might get taken if I don't now, and I don't want that to happen. Uh, another big comedy for the year. I'm going to go Shaun of the Dead. Mm, great Good choice. Stuff. Was leaning towards that one next. All right. Back to you guys for two picks. How All about right. it, Brendan? All right. So going back to the world of franchise films, many people consider this to be the best Harry Potter film. So I'm going to go with Harry yeah. Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, that's a good choice. There you go. I would go with, you know, Tarantino, big filmmaker. Has a lot of fans. I'll go with Kill Bill Volume 2. Yeah, that's a that's a good choice. All right. Dean, your last pick here. All right. My last pick. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Saw. Okay. Saw. Wow. I, okay. I knew he was going to do that because if we get to the collab, I would not let him take it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That being said, our fifth pick here, it's a collab. Dean, now that you've you know dropped our draft a little bit here, what are you going to do to pick it back up? 
Uh, what do you think? What do I think? Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I... I think I know what you want. I mean, I'm thinking Shrek 2. Yeah, I thought you would. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we don't have an animated on the list. I'm not, uh, just, I'm not sure that Shrek has, you know, stood the test of time in popularity. Well, we'll uh, see. It is my favorite Shrek film. Mm. And, and that's I mean, not that's not my way of tricking you guys to take it. I'm just offering up my opinion that I do really like Shrek too. Yeah, good work, well, I guess we have to take it now if it's, it's your favorite Shrek. <laughs> I mean, what do you what do you think about Million Dollar Baby? Yeah, I'm not about it. I got to be honest. All right, take that off the board. What do you got, what are you going to offer then? Uh, you know, what about what about Mean Girls? No, skip next. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, You're not really giving me many options here, Dean. I think it's going to be Shrek 2. It's not going to be. Uh, collateral? <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I think when you when you compare Shrek 2 to Collateral, that Shrek 2 is uh, much more uh, higher on a popularity scale. So here's the problem. We'll probably well, end what's up the problem? taking Shrek 2, right? That's what's going to happen. That's fine. And then we're going to get our ass kicked, and you're going to say to me, it's because you picked Saw. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you're not wrong. <laughs> all the comments will be like, oh, Saw, great pick. The rest is garbage, though. I'm picking the other two. <laughs> Stop making all the fake accounts, then. <laughs> I mean, if you're that passionate, I'll take Shrek, too. I mean, I'm not. You just haven't given me you know, a better option. All right, let's, let's do it. Let's do Shrek 2. Okay. Cool. Done. This is on you, though. <laughs> Shrek, Shrek, two. Is on you, though. Shrek 2 has been selected. <laughs> All right, guys, your last pick here for a collaboration. What's going to be your fifth? Should we go Link later? Oh, uh, I don't know, JD. Uh, I will say um, if we were going to take another animated film, I would have thrown out the SpongeBob SquarePants movie because you know how much of a fan of that film I am. Oh, why didn't <laughs> I think of that? <laughs> <laughs> that movie rules. That's basically Pee Wee Herman's big adventure underwater. <laughs> um, anyway, JD, you said should we go with Link later? Um, yeah. So, do I want to go with Link later and before sunset? Absolutely, if we're trying to make this list a bit more objective. But is it well regarded enough when we have some of these other films, like let's say Martin Scorsese's The Aviator, for instance? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's what makes this difficult. Yeah, I know because because if if we're if we're seeking purely cinephiles, or if we are expecting cinephiles to vote, then I say before sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be a mixture it, of both. I mean, I would argue that it's more highly regarded from that year than The Aviator, but maybe I'm almost underestimating oh, yeah. Scorsese fans. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, that's kind of where I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. I mean, Million Dollar Babies, pretty highly regarded as a pretty good Best Picture winner, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a little hesitant about that one. Um, a lot of best picture winners still have their um, they have their detractors just because the they're detractors. best picture winners. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my selfish side wants to go with either SpongeBob or Harold and Kumar, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know this um, is so- it's it's conflicting because if. Like, picking before sunset will make me sleep better at night, but I also understand that something like The Aviator could garner more votes. But I but I don't know that. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly still It's speculation. It's speculation. In fact, we didn't yeah. even talk about sports movies that have very high fans like Miracle or Friday Night Lights, for instance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. God, yeah. how did we miss them, Hendo? <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe because you hate sports yeah. movies. Ne- next I time mean, you guys should do a 2004 retrospective and you'll be ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could even see the Born Supremacy getting votes. Like being you know, something that garners votes. More so than even before Sunset. But I don't know. I yeah. guess it's it's hard to tell because I don't know who all is voting. If, it, if, it's, if we get cinephiles on our side before Sunset will help us out a lot, I think. It will. And we already have... The Incredibles, we have Eternal Sunshine. We're going to get the cinephiles already with Eternal Sunshine. And we have Harry Potter. That's, you know, pretty... Are you saying the cinephiles will not vote for Saw? Hey, Saw is <laughs> pretty o- good. Not over before you. sunset. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some cinephiles out there are like fans of jazz music. They're the most cynical fans out there. Yeah. I mean, and nothing against those films. I just, I mean, be- the Before I like Trilogy Saul, is actually. just so highly regarded. And, and Before Sunset is considered by many to be the best film of that trilogy. So, I mean, obviously it's not going to be the case for everybody, but but through the through that prism, if you're asking me which film I think will get the most votes, it's Before Sunset. Okay. Uh, I guess it just depends which direction you want to take it. I was thinking 50 First Dates, but... <laughs> <laughs> no list is complete without Adam Sandler. <laughs> Look, my wife would vote for us. Uh, over before and sunset. She but. pays for our show, so it certainly counts for something. No, we need the notebook in there. Then she'll pay even double. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. All right, you know what? Let's let, let's let's go for it. Let's just go ahead and go with uh, before sunset because if you want to sleep at night, that's great. Mm-hmm. And if we lose because of that, I blame you. I think <laughs> fair enough. I, you know, I'll take I'll take the L because I know we drafted the best film of that year. So that's fine with me. <laughs> I'll I'll live with it. Alright guys, let's take a look back at these drafts. We have Spider-Man 2, Anchorman, Shaun of the Dead, Saw, and Shrek 2. And you guys have The Incredibles, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Kill Bill Volume 2, and Before Sunset. Now as usual, this is a blind movie draft, so the results of this poll will be done before this episode comes out. Mm -hmm. So it gives everyone a nice, clean, fair advantage. It's Mm -hmm. not about the podcast, it's about the movies. Yep. Sure. Love it. And that's going to do it. Thank you very much, guys, for coming on today. That was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Great fun. Great fun. Really looking forward to the next one. Yeah, I loved it as well. Hopefully, hopefully the poll results will, you know, throw off the the equilibrium here just a little bit. Hopefully we can make (laughs) a little bit of a comeback. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Before we go, why don't you just let the listeners know where they can find your show? Uh, Yeah, once again, everything... Uh, is at our central hub at InSessionFilm.com. So our main show, our extra film show, all of our written content. Uh, you'll find links to to everything there. Again, that's InSessionFilm.com. And thanks again, guys. This was a blast. Yeah. I, I loved yeah. it. Absolutely. Not a problem at all. All right. Yeah. Once again, thanks again, guys. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Before we continue on, we'd just like to say this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who have been supporting the show for over two years now. Dean, hey, patrons, got to love them. You do have to love them. And also, well, lo- no, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't have to love them. Like it's, it's, it's a choice, and we do love them. No, there's no choice. I have to love them. I don't choose to love them. It just comes naturally. Uh, and we've added another member to our patronage, haven't we, Hendo? We have Nerdrovert. Nerdrovert, what a top bloke! Thank you very much for joining the patronage. We do have another weekly patron-only podcast we release, including different director series, uh, such as Quentin Tarantino, for example. We have specific film requested by our patrons, as well as several other film series, and we're in the middle of our Scream film series, and we're kicking along with Scream 2 coming up, Dean. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to watch this sequel. I've been wanting to watch it for a while now, so I'm curious to see uh, if there is a drop-off from the first one, and if so, how much? 
I'm curious to hear your thoughts because this is your first time watch. You got you had no idea what's going on. I'm I'm really excited to hear what you what do you think's going on. Yeah, it's a complete mystery to me. Yeah, so if you'd like to support the show, we have several different tier levels with varying rewards and benefits from as little as a dollar a month. So just head on over to patreon.com slash the movie journey. All right. That being said, let's get to Answer my question. The question, jerk! Where we asked you is what is your favorite film featuring Sherlock Holmes? Considering that I watched Enola Holmes uh, this month as, a, as part of our September movie catch-up, seems fitting. All right, let's look over on Twitter. First off, from TFGIF, a 90s TV podcast. Obviously, The Adventures of Shirley Holmes. Okay. Uh, next up from Papaya Films, Spider-Woman. A wonderfully dark script, brilliantly realized. Basil Rathbone is the perfect Sherlock Holmes man detective. Alrighty then, John goes with Robert Downey Jr., fresh and original, perfect for the role. I'm assuming he's talking about the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie. Sadly, career seems to be now bogged down with Iron Man, etc. Waste of his acting talent, needs to do more movies of the caliber of The Judge and Zodiac. Alright. Jordan Beck says, I just rewatched young Sherlock Holmes for the first time in 25 years today and realised what an outsized influence that film had on my childhood. A thousand and one by one says tie between the hounds of Baskervilles and the private life of Sherlock Holmes. Evil Roy Slade says the private life of Sherlock Holmes, the great detective imagined by the great director Billy Wilder. Hmm. Okay. Regular contributor Ronnie Casol goes with without a clue. Very nice. Let me say this says murder by decree. Okay. Qui-Gon Glynn says, For me, it has to be Guy Ritchie, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law's adaptation. I didn't realise adaptation was a Sherlock Holmes movie. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Uh, Movie marathoners say the only correct answer, Sherlock Gnomes. I think that was a typo. Chris Williams says, Does anyone else remember Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century? Uh, No, I do not. Kelsey Jackalanton says, Wishbone. Ah, isn't that the dog Sherlock Holmes? You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) Uh, Lastly, over on Twitter from Hooververse of Madness, The Great Mouse Detective is a goddamn classic and one of, if not, the most underrated Disney movies. All right, let's take a look at what our patrons had to say. David Powell can never pick one answer. If we can include made-for-TV movies, then Sign of Four with Jeremy Brett, the best Sherlock Holmes of all time, period, followed by The Great Game with Cumberbatch. Ignoring TV, which we were, favourite is probably The 7% Solution with Nicole Williamson as Holmes, ultimate Easter egg hunt for Holmes fans as it references almost every case in some way. Without a clue with Ben Kingsley and Mike O'Kane is good fun for a parody too. Damn it, David. Wow, good answer. Next up, from Hayden Gerloff, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. You patron nerd revert says The Hounds of the Baskervilles, The Great Mouse Detective, is a nostalgia favourite. Brother Shane says Without a Clue. Chris Likealot from the Rough House Podcast says Gonna have to go with Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows, because Jared Harris was fantastic as Moriarty. And lastly here from Julio at the Contrarians Podcast, I'm quite the Sherlock fan. Loved Richie's first movie, didn't care much for the second, have a strong nostalgic attachment to the great mouse detective, but maybe I'd go with without a clue with Michael Caine as Sherlock, question mark. (laughs) Uh, Julio, you certainly have no clue to pick one answer there. What do you mean? He picked without a clue. He said, but maybe I'd go with. He's not even answering his own question. Wow, you're you're a harsh judge today, Hendo. What do you mean today? Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, Dean, let's get to our top five movies featuring Sherlock Holmes. And I've got to say, I've only seen five, so this is a pretty short list. Well, I've seen four. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so what's your five, then? My five 
<laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe I saw the Great Mouse Detective as an infant, and I'll put that there. Wow. All right, then. My number five, because we've just filled out the list here. Uh, I'm going to put Enola Holmes as number five. Wow. In the top five of Sherlock Holmes adaptations. There you go. Uh, my number four, Sherlock Jr. Not that I remember a single thing from that film. You're terrible. My number four is Without a Clue. Is he actually playing Sherlock Holmes in that film? I think in his dream sequence when he's watching through the movie, he is Sherlock Holmes. I think that's a stretch for a Sherlock Holmes film. And why'd you have it on your list? I struggle to even get to that. Oh, well, what are you complaining about then? All right, my number three, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows or whatever it's called. All right, my number three is Sherlock Jr. Uh, my number two, Sherlock Holmes, the Guy Ritchie one. My number two is that sequel, Sherlock Holmes, A Game of Shadows. And my number one, without a clue. Oh, man. My number one is the Guy Ritchie original, Sherlock Holmes. But i got to say, the Cumberbatch Sherlock show is the best Sherlock I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Well, you, you're missing out. You'll never watch it, but it's really good. And it was back when I didn't know who Benedict Cumberbatch was, so it wasn't like all Cumberbatchy. Like, you didn't realise that that is, like, him all the time. Yeah. Ah, fair enough. All right. So, we've got... Well, David Powell doesn't count with his without a clue answer because he answered, like, 18 different responses. And Julio doesn't count with his without a clue answer either, I suppose. You wouldn't be trying to rig this, would you, Hendo? Who's who's no, we, who's left? I guess, I guess we can throw Julio into the mix here. Yeah, let's throw Julio into the mix along with Brother Shane here. Pick a number, Dean. One or two? One. It's Julio. <laughs> Okay. Julio is due. He's due for some sweet, sweet merch. Okay. And if you're interested in getting your own piece of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, we do have a shop over on Public. You can go and pick up a a T-shirt, a hoodie, a coffee mug. There's plenty more uh, different bits of sweet, sweet merch out there. We'll leave a link in the show notes for you. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, Dean, it's the second half of our final 64 films in our worst film tournament. Let's have a look at the results here. First match here is the opposite of what I thought was going to happen here. Beverly Hills Chihuahua takes out the Hottie and the Naughty with a 66% win. Next up, we have Bratz with a Z up against Barb Wire, and Barb Wire wins. I'm sure you're happy about that, Dean. I can think of two reasons why it would win. <laughs> All right, next one. Mac and Me takes down Baby Geniuses with a 57% win. Uh, next up, very happy to see the Human Centipede 3s knocked out of this. Thank God. Uh, by the Wicker Man. Is that the Nicolas Cage one? Yeah, that's the, not the bees, not the bees. Honestly, I wouldn't mind watching that. Is that, does he say not the bees? Yeah, you, nice. you know you know certain scenes if you saw them. Okay, yeah, uh, that'd be fine. 65% that one. Speed 2, Cruise Control takes out Alone in the Dark with a 77% win. That'd be good to watch. I'd be happy to watch that. Uh, Catwoman up against Spice World. Ooh, Catwoman wins 52%. <laughs> kind of kind of wanted Spice World to win that one. I saw Spice World at the cinemas, Hendo. I think I did too. Anyway, moving on. Dragon Ball Evolution takes out S. Darko, 61%. Jack and Jill takes out Shark Boy and Lava Girl with a 55% victory. Kind of saw that one coming. Last year's abomination, apparently. Holmes and Watson takes out House of the Dead, 62%. Vampires Suck takes out Three Ninjas at Mega Mountain, 58%. Ooh, the Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas takes out one of those stupid parody movies, Date Movie, with a 58% win. Now, next one we have Blood Rain up against Jaws 3D. Now, Jaws 3D destroyed Blood Rain, 73% victory. What is Jaws 3D? 
It's the third Jaws that was shot in 3D. Do we need like the the green and red glasses to watch it? No, no. I'm sure the the one that we'd watch wouldn't have the 3D effect. It's like the Piranha 3 Double D. Well, I hope it's like Piranha 3 Double D. Or Jaws 3 Double D. <laughs> All right, one of these parody movies got through the first round here. Epic movie takes out Swept Away with a 57% win. Madonna couldn't couldn't do it. No. Uh, next up, the Emoji Movie takes out Hercules in New York with a 62% victory. All right. Geely takes out Dance Flick, 74%. I'm really glad that all these dumb parodies are, are getting knocked out early. Yeah. But now we've got one of the bigger matches. Uh of this round, Kazam up against The Room. And i got to say, I'm impressed that Kazam did as well as it did. It lost, but only to a 53% victory. Yeah, that's uh, that wasn't too bad from Kazam there. All right, so now we're into the final 32. Let's take a look at those matches for next week. First match is the Cat in the Hat against Daddy Day Camp. Next one is Cats versus The Fog. We have the Hungover Games against Crossroads. Battlefield Earth takes on Rollerball. We've got Pluto Nash versus Dumb and Dumberer when Harry met Lloyd. The Love Guru takes on Troll 2. Ooh, I think that's a big one. Son of the Mask against the Master of Disguise. Uh, Mariah Carey's Glitter up against uh, MCU's Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) We have Beverly Hills Chihuahua versus Barb Wire. Mac and Me up against the Wicker Man. All right. What about Speed 2 Cruise Control versus Catwoman? God, I hope we don't have to watch Catwoman. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution up against Jack and Jill. Ooh, that's a big match. Holmes and Watson versus Vampires Suck. Flintstones in Viva Rock Vegas up against Jaws 3D. We have Epic Movie versus The Emoji Movie. And lastly, we have Geely up against The Room. All right. A ton of terrible films there. We'll see which ones head to the final 16. The good, the bad. All right, before we get into the next part of what else we've been watching, just a quick heads up that we will be spoiling the films that we're... No, we will not. What am I saying? We will not be... (laughs) You're telling me all the time that I go to spoil them. Oh, we're just going to do it now. Okay, we will not be spoiling the films we're about to talk about. So if you haven't seen them, have no fear. We won't ruin them unless your name is Daniel Henderson. Mate, you're the one that just said we're going to be doing it. I I don't know what you have to spoil. I was just psyching everyone out. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot to spoil. (laughs) All right, well, the first new film I watched since last time... Uh, I last month I went through all the alien films I hadn't seen and I felt uh, I wanted to just finish that entire set of films. So I, I looked over at the Predator series and the only one I hadn't seen from that uh, couple of films there was Predators from 2010. Have you seen this one? Yeah, I think I saw it when it first came out. What what year was it? 2010. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I just thought it was throwaway. Adrian Brody's in it, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah. Look, I enjoyed this a bit more than I thought I would. Uh, I thought bringing the Predator back to the jungle certainly helped compared to Predator 2 where he's out and about in the city. I think the cast of characters was memorable enough, although the majority of them are are pretty stereotypical. And the action wasn't too bad as well. I thought there's nothing outstanding with this film, but there's nothing awful either with it. I think it's just, it's entertaining stuff. Uh, Good for a watch, three and a half. Three and a half, very generous. What'd you give it? I don't know. I watched it so long ago, I haven't rated it. Fair enough. Well, I caught up on an old Disney film from the 30s that I had 
never seen before. I'm talking about Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> Did you watch it with the kids? I mean, does, is it worse if I say no? No, nah, it's fine. It's a classic. I watched it with the kids. Good. Yes. Uh, this is exactly what I thought it would be. It's uh, it's sweet. It's uh, bright and playful with a bit of a dark tone thrown in to keep it balanced. I think the dwarfs were a highlight and they bring that lighthearted laughs while the animation is still pretty outstanding and holds up after 80 years. Uh, this is definitely fun for the whole family. It's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Three and a half for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Nice. Can't argue with anything there. Well, I watched Fifty Shades of Black. Because you really wanted to. I, 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 you, you searched that out. Oh, no, wait. I, I gave that one to you. Which was just beyond a waste of time. Uh, just say now, is it, is it worse than sex tuplets? Yes, without doubt. Wow. Like, it's not even close. What did I give sex tuplets? Two? Two and a half, maybe? No way. No, you would have given it like a one. <laughs> sex tuplets is, is not nearly as bad as Fifty Shades of Black. <laughs> it is just it is just like Fifty Shades of Grey with jokes that aren't funny. And like props, like huge slongs are pulled out and big bowls and micro penises. And my God, there's so much dick in this film. And it's just like, it's, it's, it's hard to watch. It's so boring. It's not funny. It's sort of, it's sort of amusing at first because it's surprising like how bad this film is. But then you realize you've got to watch, you know, 80, 90 minutes of this rubbish. It's just. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's genuinely tough to get through. I give it half a star. Wow. I can't remember the last time we saw a Dean half star. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, a waste of my time. Man, have we ever got a Dean half star? I don't think we have. Really? I think that could be your worst I think I think that could be your worst film review you've given. Really? You didn't give Sex Tuplets you didn't give Sex Tuplets half a star and the year before your worst film was The Week of. I don't uh, think you gave that half I a gave star either. Disaster movie half a star. Okay, well, when I gave, we did the patron episode on the worst <laughs> film ever on IMDb's bottom 100. I gave okay. Battlefield Earth half a star. We haven't, have we, oh, that's right, because you had to do that because you were forced to. I gave Dirty Dancing the remake half a star. Holy shit. Oh, we didn't speak about that on the show, though. I remember that. You watched that remake that I no gave one ever saw. The Week of half a star. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. And I gave It half a star. <laughs> That's terrible. That's the word. That's terrible. That's not a half star film. Half star it. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, my next film is not a half star film. It's nowhere near it. It's gone, baby, gone. Okay. I think I've seen this. The I think it's Ben Affleck's directorial debut. Starring his brother. Hope That's you got right. a discount. That would have been free of charge, wouldn't it? Helping him out. Look, this is a very powerful and gripping mystery with a stacked cast. It's not just... Casey Affleck, you've got Michelle Monaghan, Ed Harris, Morgan Freeman. That's the big key players there. I'll leave it at that. Okay. I mean, I can throw Amy Ryan in there as well if you really want. Nah, you don't need to. Good. Well, they all give their A game in this film. They're really they're really on it here. Even Amy Ryan. No, oh, honestly, especially Amy Ryan. Do you know who Amy Ryan is? I have no idea who Amy Ryan Come is. Come on. <laughs> Uh, We've mentioned her before. Uh, I think I spoke about her when I think the movie was called Lost Girls. Oh, she's in the office. That's right. Yeah, that that one. Look, the film doesn't hold back with its imagery and it keeps you guessing all the way to the end. It is a quality debut film for Mr. Affleck. It is a four stars for me. Nice. And then there's a film that I watched that I felt like I needed to tick off my watch list because this film gets a lot of love that I've never really understood why. Like, I don't think it's a, like it's deemed as a big popular film, but... 
everyone goes for it, but I watch Galaxy Quest. Okay. Is it worth watching? Hmm. It's three stars, so you can take it either way, I reckon. Well, do you recommend it? I feel like you'd enjoy it. Yeah. How, how big are you into like Star Wars? Not Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. I'm not. You know, I was so bored the other day, I started watching the uh, Patrick Stewart Star Trek. I, I, uh, I don't know what that's called. The Next Generation, maybe? That's the one. I thought, right, this is really popular. Let's give it a go. I watched like well, two- You watch one of the movies? No, nah, the TV show. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so wow, boring. must have been bored. Oh, I think I watched three episodes and decided never to try again. So, yeah, not into it. Look, Galaxy Quest, it has a fun premise that does play on the Star Trek genre as well as super nerd fandom in general. Everyone is playing their parts very well here. Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Sam Rockwell, they're all really good. And it's entertaining for the most part, but these characters called these Thermians, who are these the alien race that asked them to help them, they are the most annoying people I have seen in a film. You're they, the worst, their voice. Bro. They are the... The, the voices are so annoying. Like, the main guy is like, this is how he talks, okay? I wish you would come to help us save the planet and, and maybe we can celebrate after that. Yes. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. The no whole good. movie is like that. It's re- it, it reminded me of the like the Zoltan people from Dude, Where's My Car? Wow. Dude, yeah. Where's My Car reference? I have no idea yeah. what that is. The entire alien race in this film annoyed the absolute shit out of me and ultimately dropped it from a three and a half to a three because of it. Luckily, everything else is enjoyable enough, but man, when those characters are on the screen talking, I I can't fucking stand it. Hmm. And then I watched a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma that came out this year. Do you Ah. see this on your main feed? I not only saw it on my main feed, but I also saw a good chunk of it. So do you want to talk about it as well? Will you classify this as a watched film? No, I don't classify it as a watched film, and it's never going to be a watched film because I watched enough to know that I'm not going to go back to it. Yeah, look, for anyone who doesn't know what this documentary is about, it basically explores the dangerous human impact of social networking with tech experts sounding the alarm on their own creations. Now, I... I did enjoy this for what it was. It was informative, but it was basically stuff that I kind of already had an idea about. And- okay, Here's, here was my issue with it, okay? This whole movie is telling us about how everything we're doing is bad, basically. Now, I'm literally mm-hmm. half on my phone whilst the same time watching this, <laughs> whilst being lectured by these idiots who actually created this stuff, mind you, right, about how we shouldn't be doing that. And I'm sitting there and they're just like, oh, they've got you here. Like, you are you are the, uh, what do they say? You are the product that is being sold. I was like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe I'm aware of it and I'm okay with it. And I like using these apps. I enjoy going on Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, all that stuff I get enjoyment out of. So, they might be getting me as a potential uh, consumer to some products that they're, you know, trying to show ads to. That's fine. There are ads everywhere you look in life. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are greater risks of these platforms that, you know, may or may not be um, aware at the moment or that I may be aware of at the moment. But for what it was saying, I was like, no, I'm not doing this because I've been forced to over many, many, you know, years and changing the way I think. No, I do this. I use my phone so much because I enjoy using my phone so much. 
Yeah, look, I completely agree with you. I did actually watch this entire thing on my phone, so <laughs> the irony is not uh, not put past me on that one. Such a but hipster. I, uh, thank you. <laughs> is that a compliment now in 2020? <laughs> I take it back if you thought it was a compliment. <laughs> look, you're, you're saying you're watching it while on your phone doing other things. At least I actually watched this on my phone, so I wasn't getting distracted by other things. Mind, you know, there wasn't any ads popping up every once in a while. I did, I did enjoy this, albeit, you know, the information they gave was, you know, I pretty much knew it all anyway. Either way, I thought it was okay. Three stars for the social dilemma. It's, um, I wouldn't go back to it. And I wouldn't probably like, there's a, I mean, we, we, we do podcasts. We do a lot of social media, a lot of social networking anyway. So you compare it to someone who doesn't do a lot of that, who doesn't have any of that information to watch it. They'd be a bit more, I guess, intrigued with what they're trying to present here. But for me, I thought it was still decent. Three stars. Can you see like 50 or 60 year olds who have their Facebook account just being blown away by what they're watching? <laughs> Wouldn't they just still be blown away by the fact that they're watching, you know, streaming sites like Netflix to actually actually understand what's going on? And, like, really, is a personalised and catered ads the worst thing? Like, I'd rather see an ad for something I might actually be interested in than seeing, you know, a barrage of garbage that doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I find it, I do find it funny how when I'm going through, you know, scrolling through Facebook and then an ad comes up for something that I've, you know, either mentioned or, you know, typed in on a, on a YouTube search or something there at Possum Lab. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I know exactly what you're doing and I'm okay with it. Yeah. All right. Then I watched a new Netflix film yet again, Anola Holmes. A week ago, I awoke. Mother? To find that my mother was missing and she did not return. I'm presently on the way to collect my brothers, Mycroft and Sherlock. Yes, Sherlock Holmes, the famous detective, my genius brother. He will have all the answers. Enola. How was that, Hendo? It was good. It was good. Watched it with the whole family. The whole family? Yeah, the whole family. Is it suitable for kids? It is suitable for kids. There's maybe a little bit of maybe, you know, frightening scenes. Maybe Not not that extreme, though. It was. I thought it was fine. Uh, I think the film is carried on the shoulders of Millie Bobby Brown. I think she is absolutely delightful in this film for the entire runtime. They really in the in the trailer they really try to show Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill, Sherlock Holmes. You got to watch 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 the film for Henry Cavill. He's in it a little bit. I mean, he's got limited screen time, but he's good in it. But he's just not in it enough. I think the film overall is entertaining, but it does drop uh, due to it having multiple unnecessary storylines, mysteries, plots. There's like, I think, at least five different storylines going on. All these different mysteries that they need to solve, and they just they sort of go from one to the other without solving one. And it gets really confusing and, and annoying at points. And the fact that they try and set up these early setups, like at the start of the film, to ultimately zero to no payoff really frustrated me. If they tighten up the script a bit, maybe uh, lowered the runtime, cut out a couple of extra things, it would have got a better re- recommend from me, but I still give it three stars. Fair enough. And then I caught up with another 2020 film that I'd heard good things about. I'd seen it on a lot of people's, you know, top films of the year so far kind of lists. I saw Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Have you heard of this one, Dean? No, I have not. I suspected that you had not. It's about a pair of teenage girls in rural Pennsylvania who travel to New York City to seek out medical help after an unintended pregnancy. And this is a very up-close and personal look into unwanted teenage pregnancy and the devastating paths and choices that need to be looked at. The main lead in this, Sydney Flanagan, it is her first acting role, and she is fantastic in this film. The director, Eliza Hitman, her directional style really puts you in the thick of it. It doesn't let you out of what's going on, which is really needed for this kind of film. I thought this was a very, very good film. I'm giving this four stars. Okay. It sounds like uh, 
I might enjoy that one. Yeah, I think you would. And that is it for our September movie catch-up. Thank you very much to JD and Brendan for coming on the show and giving us a good hearty battle. Yeah, thanks, boys. Now, next week we are back to the breakdowns and you have chosen Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. Yes, Rebecca. Haven't seen Rebecca. Uh, It's Hitchcock. It won Best Picture. How bad could it be, Hendo? It's in the top 250 as well. That's saying something. I mean, if it wasn't, we wouldn't be talking about it, would we? That is very, very true. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone, for checking out this episode and we will see you next week for Rebecca. Bye. Bye.